Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. I am your host, Ryan Black, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Jacob Rush and Joshua Taylor. And we are back and we are playing with power. This is episode 251 and we are coming at you with some Metroid spoiler cast warning right here. Tune out if you do not want to hear these spoilers because we are going to lay it on yeah, the line tonight. <laughs> Guys, how you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> right. I'm doing just fine. Go ahead, Josh. That's it. That's all I got. Go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> I'm kidding. How you doing, Ryan? Um, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm hanging in there. Um, you know, I've been fighting with my stupid hospital Wi-Fi that I've been having to use for uh, Chromecast. And apparently Chromecast doesn't doesn't like hospital no. Wi-Fi too much. And everybody's suggesting you get like a little portable router to, to connect. I'm like, nuts to that. Like, no, no way. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can't plug in like a Cat5 cable um, directly into the Chromecast um, and get it working that way. Um, that's my last ditch effort to get it to connect. I can get the controller to connect, no problem for Stadia controller, but the uh, the uh, Chromecast just wasn't dealing, wasn't wasn't uh, accepting it. So, so that's what I was dealing with at the hospital today, outside of working. Um, I'm glad to be off now. So, same job situation. Yeah, yeah, it still sucks, but <laughs> no, I actually like working from home at least. You know, uh, definitely not to the dream yet by any means whatsoever, but. You know, it it could be worse. I've been in worse situations. So. Yep, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I mean, not to not to say anything bad about like you know Burger King, but hey. uh, but uh, you know, there's there's some things out there that to, you can use to get ahead. That's not at, at least that one was easy. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your um? What what are your plans for Christmas? Uh, my plans are about what they always are, which is pretty chaotic. Um, usually on Christmas Eve, which I think we're kind of doing the usual more or less this year. Last year was weird. Uh, we've got three stops on Christmas Eve to make a long story short. And then, which, which goes super late. The last one has a ton of people. It's always like a hundred degrees in there. Yeah. It's fun, but you know, (laughs) um, and then Christmas day, (laughs) we have another three stops. So, yeah. We definitely stay busy. And then busy? and then after that, you come back and we have like, you know, 30 bags of gifts that we slowly, one by one, open up for the kid over time. <laughs> Takes a little bit of time. You know, part of me misses that whole like going to different houses on Christmas. And the other part of me is just like, no, I just want to stay home and it's enjoy the whole complicated. day. complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, we finally worked it out to where we do shifts each year. Like we trade off. Um, this year we had, uh, Thanksgiving with my in-laws on Thanksgiving. And then, um, we're going to be having, <laughs> oddly enough, we're going to be having Christmas with my parents, um, on the first. So, uh, we've got Christmas all to ourselves here at home for our household. And so that's mm-hmm. going to be pretty cool to, to finally do that and, and get, get to enjoy that with the new yeah. housemates and, and everybody and just have a really good Christmas together. And I'm hoping it's just like cozy and, and, and intimate just in a way that like, you know, I'm hoping it snows that day, so we're just all like, like snuggled under blankets and, and just enjoying like our our fake Disney <laughs> fireplace. It's in the mood. Um, you know, we, we we ordered that off a Disney Movie Club because we you know we like the fireplace stuff around this. There's one on Disney Plus so. too. My daughter, Definitely. for whatever reason, likes to turn it on every once in a while. It's Frozen themed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the one that you can actually get through the movie Movie Club is really really cool if you can find it like outside of the Movie Club. It's uh. It's got a bunch of different like movie callbacks, like things that go on in the background. Like one point, there's a shadow of Maleficent dragon that shows up and 
breathes into the fire and the fire turns green. There's some cool effects and stuff. Uh, you'll see Kevin pop his head yeah. down occasionally or see, like, you know, uh, um, what's his name? Is it Carl? Yeah. I'm up. Um, Old man. Yep. Yeah, like rising up with the balloons and stuff, and he drops his, like, cane walker thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a cool little device, um, a cool little CD, uh, DVD. Wow, I just dated myself a little bit there. VHS. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, the, the thing with my family, actually, or with our families, is they're not always all going to be around. So I'm just sort of writing this... Uh, this won't be a thing forever, you know, six stops in two days. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things you don't really want to complain too much about because, you know, mm-hmm. one day some of these grandparents and stuff probably aren't going to be here. Some of them are getting very high up there in age, not to be kind of down, mm-hmm. but <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all good. Anymore, like it, it's hard with my parents to have Christmas with them because they don't do a lot to, to accommodate for allergies and mm-hmm. things. And we're pretty much like, we can't do like right. dairy and, and all that stuff with allergies in the household. So it's really hard to do like Christmas dinner with them. And, and so like, you know, we just, we're glad to have the time at home where we can make, uh, we always have the tradition on Christmas Eve, um, where we eat, um, grilled cheese. Uh, we call them cheese nasties and, um, and potato soup. And, uh, we watch, uh, the Muppets mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. Uh, basically we just end off the night with with that and then go straight to sleep um, we get up about oh about midnight or so um, we take turns and we fill stockings uh, with each of the things we got for each other usually like things yeah. from like dollar tree and five below runs uh just mm-hmm. silly little things um and then uh we go back to sleep and wake up in the morning and uh, the usual tradition is to grab our our christmas bags or our christmas stockings and i'll hop into whoever the master bedroom's bed is and and everybody just opens up stockings one one person at a time, uh, just going through all the stuff that they got. And oftentimes I'm ending up opening like Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something like that. So it's always always a little little magical for that and a little surprising. Yeah. So good tradition. Do you have any uh, big like traditions um, amidst all the chaos? Uh, something you do maybe at home all to yourselves or anything like any rituals? Um, well, with Danielle's family to start there because it's kind of one of the oddest ones. Is and you know I've been doing this with her since 2008. I think, I think I went through that year. But anyhow, um, her dad's mother, that side of the family, there's like a ton of people that go to her house, and I don't know really how to describe this, but they do the school bus. So it sounds it, it's it's weird to see, but it's even weirder to describe. Is they they basically pretend like they're on a school bus. Okay, and then like some of the family comes in dressed up like it, it's funny. It's supposed to be funny. Like they'll they'll come in dressed up as goofy stuff. Like someone came in dressed up as cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation, and then some years, it, some years it's not always the most kid friendly things. But it, you know, there's it's funny. I don't know how to describe it without you seeing it. But you get stuff like that, and then like my grandmother, we go over to their house and we do like the white elephant thing, which. I know that's like a everybody does kind of thing, but I enjoy I enjoy shopping for that. Usually this year, I couldn't come up with something that funny. I, I ended up going to Five Below and got a big metal sign, which Five Below is new here, by the way, and I do enjoy it. But it says nugs, not really? drugs, and it's huh. got chicken nuggets on it. And I got a rubber chicken with it. I love it. So love it. Love it. Know. I, I 
I've got the five below shirt. That's uh, the, the ramen noodles. It's send news. <laughs> I love ramen. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a good time. You can find some interesting shirts. There I got a Spider-Man on there yesterday. Um, so Jacob, Jacob, you're back a little bit. Um, I just wanted to let you, bring you up to speed. We're kind of talking about our Christmas traditions, um, like where we're going for the holidays, um, and if we have anything that we just kind of do um, regularly each year. Christmas traditions. Yeah, and just like what what your plans are this Christmas. Like if you're going to a bunch of places, or are you just going to stay home? Like what's what's going on with that? Um, well, my Christmas traditions, honestly, have kind of just changed so much over the the recent years. But, um, I mean, this year, you know, I always try to make sure I'm at my church, just Christmas Eve service. So I'll be doing that. Um, and then, yeah, it's just different. This is the, we like, I just had Christmas yesterday with my side of the family. And that's the first time we've ever done Christmas like that. Usually we've all got up, done our thing, and then got met up for Christmas on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And um, the family just keeps getting bigger and changing. So it's uh, it's been different and difficult, and uh, to get everyone together on that on that day. So we changed we changed it and uh, got together early. So, but then this year um, as well, we're gonna Lindsay and I will do that with us, and then we're just gonna go to her parents later that day. Sorry, I'm taking care of three kids right now, so <laughs> bear with me. So that's kind of the rundown of uh, our Christmas traditions and uh, a little bit of uh, nostalgia there. Um, just kind of what we do around the holidays. Um, looking forward to seeing what kind of video games that we can pick up. Um, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and get into what we are Radical Rexing about. <laughs> All right, Josh. So, so just just let us know uh, what, what you've been uh, what you've been doing lately. It's been a while since you've been able to be on on the show, and I'm kind of curious what you've been playing. Well, been playing. So, hmm, I, I, I might have revealed this on here before. And I know no one from my work listens to this. I pray they don't. I, I might get a lot of game time in because it's kind of easy to play on the side while I'm while I am working. Um, I do my job just fine though. Anyhow, um, I have been playing a particularly a lot of them. Or wow, that made no sense. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Paper Mario 64 on the uh, N64 expansion pack, whatever they call it, the thing. Um, and I started to realize I kind of need to get through this thing because I have an idea of some games I might be getting for Christmas myself. So I've been kind of blasting through it, um, but it's good. I've played through it before. Um, you know, it's it's still really solid. Uh, it's one of those if you do have that expansion pack, if you choose to get it. I would definitely recommend taking the time out to go through it. It takes a little bit, but I think it's it still really holds up today. Um, along with that, I've kind of cool. just hopped around on different things. I got a lot of stuff on sale, like around Black Friday or after that. I think for like 30 bucks, I got Sonic Collars for the Xbox version. Um, what, what else mm-hmm. was it? Um, the Nickelodeon or Nicktoons, whatever, the fighting game, the one that's like Smash Brothers, which is surprising. I have fun yeah. with it. I know not everybody says it's great. I still think it's fun. Um, and there was one other thing, and then I'm drawing a blank on that one. But yeah, can't remember. Anyhow, um, so I managed to pick up a lot, just been kind of picking at whatever I come across. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. oh, I actually need to bring this up is. 
something else I've definitely been radical rexing about is <laughs> not so much a game, um, but the recent release of Spider-Man No Way Home. So don't worry, I will not spoil a thing. Um, but we did see it yesterday with a group of like nine of us, including um, my child and one of the other uh, family's kids. But uh, yeah, I think it was awesome. And I've always kept up with the MCU and particularly Spider-Man movies anyhow. So it was just it was super cool. Um, so I've been trying to I wish there was a good Spider-Man or good Marvel game, really, like on the switch. But there's kind of not outside of like Lego games. Yeah, you've got the. uh what was it? The was it Alliance? Yeah, game, one right? of my friends bought oh. it a while back, and it, we played through it a little bit, and it was okay. But it's kind of like I forgot mm-hmm. it existed, <laughs> and it's never on a very good sale. Yeah. Like I, I'll see it go on sale, but it's like forty one dollars, yeah. and it's a few years old now. I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, anything else you've been radical um, about? I think that's about it for now. I'll let you go. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Paper Mario, uh, looky what I've got Ooh, right here. That's a that's a great one too. I've got I've got a uh, Paper Mario, a copy of Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. I have never played Ooh. it. Um, shout out to Cody, uh, Cody Christian, a big fan of the show. Um, also, a really awesome dude. Yeah, uh, mods Game Boy cameras and and uh, is really into ph- like photography and helping his wife do uh, their uh, hey. photography stuff. And so it's really, really cool to see all the custom builds that and video game stuff that he does. And uh, he said he found an extra copy that he was going to have me borrow until I beat it, um, even if that is never. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'll beat it, and uh, and I'll be uh, thoroughly enjoying this game. I'm going to pop it into my my Wii. I told him that I'd probably pay him $30 insurance policy because my Wii may not, huh. not spit the disc back out because it's having disc drive issues, but... You know, I'm going to give my best attempt to play it and uh, and, and enjoy it for the first time. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely Cody is quite good at Mario Party, um, by the way. If I may jump in real quick, we we played a few rounds of Mario Party Superstars, yeah. and uh, he is he is quite cool. good at it. He he didn't win, but he darn tried. He got second. So it was me, and that, that was yeah, you. it was me and my wife, you and Danielle, Cody and Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, cool. Yeah, that was really cool that you guys were able to do that. I totally would have been on it, but I couldn't. It, it was great. I think it was Michelle's idea, actually, <laughs> and I'd love to do that again. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm glad you got to do that with them. Um, it's really cool to, to get together with the fans and play. Um, definitely cool. Um, so uh, another thing I'm Radical Rexing about, um, the, uh, the the needle has started to move again. It's been been on empty for quite a while. Um, but yesterday I decided to power through um, watching uh, Marvel uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. So I have now seen Infinity War. I've seen the whole big snap <laughs> scene and everything. I'm finally caught up um, after all of this time. Um, I'm going to start watching the movies through again uh, and hoping to get through uh, Endgame. Uh, here after I watch uh, Wasp, Ant-Man and Wasp and, uh, and um, yeah, um, Marvel uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Yep. Captain yep. Marvel? Okay, yeah. Uh, once I see that, uh, then I'll be on to Endgame, and then I can finally see some other things after that and watch some of these shows everybody's oh, yeah. been raving about. You know, I'm so far behind on the shows, too. Like, I think I stopped Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just because I was worried I was getting into spoiler territory for uh, for everything. So I just kind of took a step back from that. Um, I watched as much as I could, but I'm ready to get back mm-hmm. into it again. I'm starting to watch movies. I, I got... The reason that this is made possible is I have a Chromecast up in my 
my uh, workspace here, and I could play things on my computer, but I just I never really really wanted to because you know I still haven't really worked it out. But the Chromecast is working pretty well for me uh, to watch on my bigger screen and and enjoy that. Uh, so that's something that that I can look forward to finally getting caught up. I'm hoping to get caught up, uh, probably not before the end of the year, but um, I, I plan on getting at least to through end game um, in the near uh, you know few months. Um, but aside from that, um, I've not been playing a whole lot, um, video card game and, and enjoying that. And so that's just, uh, you know, go through phases in life. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun, um, with, with physical card games and, and digital card games and, and looking forward to my birthday coming up, uh, in January. Um, probably going to be a Sentinels of the Multiverse theme. Uh, looking forward to figuring out what that's all going to be like. Um, but hoping to play a couple games of Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, Sentinels of Multiverse Definitive Edition is supposed to be shipping out sometime. They said it wasn't going to be out before the end of the year. Um, it would be really cool if it showed up on my birthday. I'm not actually off on my birthday, but I am able to uh, get off the next two days after my birthday. And then I have my normal Thursday, Friday off. And so I'd have a nice four day uh, time off and hopefully hopefully I'll get mm-hmm. you know, Sentinels in that time and get to play it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been Radical Rexing about. Uh, Jacob, what about you? What are you Radical Rexing about? Um, well, again, so I'm back. Sorry for my disappearance. Um, three little kids can cause some issues at times, but I think we're good now. Um, I have been radical rexing about, um, Hollow Knight. I, I've owned the game for a while and bought it on like a deal way back when. And, uh, so I'm playing. I mean, I just really <laughs> I really want to beat it. So it's not like I'm rushing through it. I'm just trying to devote a lot more time to it than I traditionally have been devoting times to games because I know Christmas is coming and I know I want to get games and I just don't want trying to beat some games, you know, to not add to the backlog. Um, so I've been putting some overtime, but man, the game is really long. It just keeps going on. And it's really hard. That's the frustrating part about it is that it's kind of like uh, the Celeste of, metroidvanias if you ask me um which i don't know if that sounds appealing to josh or not but i mean it's definitely harder than metroid dread what i don't like not what i don't like what i find most frustrating is that like i'll get to a new area or a new boss and you'll have you'll have all your awesome upgrades but it's just like you just kind of get rocked unlike metroid dread which we're going to talk about here very shortly um it's not as easy to overcome patterns. Um, sometimes I just feel like they just overwhelm you with so really insane obstacles. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this or if I want to, I just kind of want to beat it now, you know? Um, but I really am enjoying it. Uh, the first time I played it, I was like sporadic little tidbits here and there. And then I was like, let's start over. So I did. And, um, I like got back to where I was the first time I played it within like an hour or so. I mm-hmm. uh, so I clearly didn't get that far, but mm-hmm. now I have a lot of upgrades. I've unlocked so many areas. Um, I don't know how I feel about the formula of an open world Metroidvania. I mean, it's not open world, but you know what I mean. Like I can go, you can go to any area you want. There's nothing that stops you mm-hmm. from pursuing moving forward. Yeah. Unlike Metroid, <laughs> unlike Metroid and, uh, this is, uh, it's different. And maybe I would like to see Metroid go that route. But at the same time, it's been difficult 
Um, because I feel like, I don't know if it's just my skill level or if um, and I suck or if I really just need, it'd be wiser to come back when I've done my upgrades. You know, that's kind of the mindset on it, but I really am enjoying the game. I would like to beat it and I would like to beat Eastward and I would like to beat Kaze or that's how you say it, mm-hmm. um, you get it before the end of the year. So those are my goals. Um, cause if I get what I asked for Christmas, I'll get a couple games and, um, I eShop money, so I'll buy something that way too. But yeah, that's me. Cool. Cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our radical reacting segment. Let's get into the nitty gritty of Metroid Dread. Chris called in. He's not able to make it tonight, possibly because he hasn't played the game yet. Shame on you, Chris. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Shame. You call yourself a Nintendo fan? <laughs> you just All those weird DS games. games. Hey, guys. It's Chris. Uh, sorry I couldn't be with you guys tonight. Um, I'm still playing Metroid Dread, so I still don't want anything like spoiled for me. But I am having a huge blast with the game. I love it so much. We've waited so long for a 2D Metroid, and we never thought that it would actually come, but here it is. Uh, it was one of the coolest E3 surprises I've ever experienced, and um, I'm just so happy that there's like a special edition version of the game that came with like an amazing art book. But so far, the game is everything that I hoped it would be, and so much more. Um, the controls are so fluid, and it feels so precise that it almost feels like it could rival a Mario game and how good uh, the controls feel. Um, the graphics are excellent. They're not, like, mind-blowing, but they're exactly what I would want. Um, I think, like, the character designs are really interesting. Um, the music is fine. I wish it was a little bit catchier, but it's good. Um, but the sound design is just so satisfying. Like when you, that like sound that it makes when you get a new upgrade, like that alien growling sound. I love that so much. Um, it's very challenging and I'm having a little difficulty with it, but it's pretty cool in that way. But above all else, I've just been so impressed by the level design. There honestly should be like a college course based on how incredible and meticulous the level design, um, is. It's just like the way that it discreetly leads you to where you need to go, but it makes you feel like you made that decision yourself is just amazing. I've never had a game that made me feel uh, like it was my decision to go on the right path in such an open-ended world. But anyway, I'm having a great time with this game. I look forward to beating it soon, and I hope you guys have a great show. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Cool, cool. Thank you so much, Chris, for calling in. Um, get to it. You beat this game, man. We got to talk about it. Yeah. Seriously. I know you're going to miss out on this conversation, but we'll definitely talk about it in an Oscar once you finally have done it. But actually, I don't know if Jesse is, if Jesse's beaten it yet or not, but we might have to hold back a little bit there. But He hasn't, but. Okay. 
we'll get we there. We make a rule where like you have a month, a month to play a game after it comes out, like a, at least a big game, like like that. I mean, it's just not fair. You know, that we can't talk about it. I think we like should a make a rule. Group every time, moving like forward. you beat Metroid Dread, you get added to this group. <laughs> right, you're right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he is enjoying for what he has played. All right, guys, where are we going to start here? Uh, Jacob, you're going to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, man, Metroid Dread, you know, uh, this game is my game of the year. Uh, it was the game that I just, I was so excited for at E3. I loved the, I loved the uh, reveal. I was hyped. I was ready to, I pre-ordered the deluxe edition. Um, and this was, this has been something that I've personally been asking for for years beyond end and i have said i wanted to um i've been waiting a long time for this um because my personal favorite game was you know uh metroid fusion uh, of the 2d in the 2d market and um man it's fantastic uh the game when it i think the part that really i mean the intro was great but that little quick flash when it goes metroid 5 like someone types it out on like a typewriter metroid 5 oh that got me and gave me goosebumps because that's the same thing you see in like super metroid and samus returns things like that uh in fusion and said metroid 5 and this is what we had finally been waiting for 19 years 19 years we had been waiting for metroid 5 to further the story not only did it further the story it ended the story arc of the metroids which is something we'll talk about here, I'm sure. Um, but it's, I was thrilled. Thrilled to see this game was real and that it was finally happening. Um, Josh, what, how about you, man? What, what, what were your, like from the moment it got announced, what were you thinking? You were there with us. You were here in Indiana. Oh. You finally, you made the trip out here. I was. It was one of those rare times I made it up there. No, um, I, I can't say I really expected it. Um, I don't know if anybody else did. For I mean, like you said, it's been like 19 years since Fusion came out. Um, yeah. So I honestly just had no clue uh, that we would actually get a sequel to that at, ever, even though it felt like there should have been one a long time ago. Um, but it also kind of didn't surprise me all at the same time when I thought about it because of Samus Returns coming out a few years ago on the 3DS. And I can see they kind of took a lot of parts from that and just made something brand new from it. They, they realized that worked and they were able to slap it on the switch this time. So it looks even more amazing and it, it feels, uh, Chris mentioned too, I guess we'll get more into that later, but it, it does feel really awesome to play. Um, yeah, I, I definitely was surprised. I was, I was kind of maybe with some others where I, if anything, Metroid, I was kind of maybe, I don't know, like a 20% chance expecting Metroid Prime 4, some mention at least, or a teaser or something, which we we still really didn't get, but that's all right. Uh, this is a nice way to hold us over, so to speak. Um, I think some people even would prefer this. Uh, I, I think it's great. Ryan, you are the... the well, Metroid's been your baby, you know, all, all these years from your nostalgia childhood... Um, man, what did, how did you feel when you first saw this? I was pretty excited. Um, you know, it was, it moved the needle a little bit more than the announcement of Ridley for Smash did for me. 
uh, which is which is great. Um, I got really excited to see that, and I was really really happy to see that you know we're finally getting a continuation of the story. I think I was most happy for you, Jacob, because how much time have you been demanding that they continue the story? And like they left off with that cliffhanger, like what's going to happen? Yeah, and they didn't really resolve the cliffhanger, like the whole like Galactic Federation thing, but they did resolve the Metroid series, uh, you know, run of things, and so like that's really really I'm glad that they did that. Um, I just I think that. This game kind of hit at a good time as well, um, being that like I was trying to keep away from any kind of Metroidvania uh, just to, to save myself for Metroid. And so I played through it, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there's a few things that I liked and didn't like about it, but um, ultimately, like, it's a solid, solid game. And and mm-hmm. I still don't know where I want to place it on my, uh, you know, ranking of Metroid games. I'm still on the fence about that. I still, you know, keep my Metroid games pretty like separate as far as 3d and 2d on on rating scales um but i really don't know where to place any of the metroids i like them all so much like i don't want to rank them um you know super metroid may be my favorite but you know it depends like i enjoy all of them for different different reasons um and even the more complex the puzzles and the more like like using new mechanics to, to do those puzzles uh the more that i like it and just the exploring and things like that um it's it's definitely really really good and it's become more accessible over the years um being able to 100 percent something is a lot easier now um right so i'm just really thankful that um we got this you know we got to see this and and i'll be excited for metroid prime 4 but i don't think that i'll be as excited as i was you know uh as for a new 2d metroid the continuation of the story and everything i can't wait to see what they do Mm -hmm. next with that Um, yeah it's interesting and I've got high hopes for Metroid Prime 4 with, with like insane graphics sure. on the newest Nintendo Switch iteration with 4K, 4K and like, you know, epic multiplayer that rivals Halo and, you know, just just something like that. <laughs> like, I really want all of that and like really awesome story and, and music and just I want everything for this series and I want it to be Nintendo's amazing, amazing game. And I think I'm tr- hyping up a bit too much and it's not going to meet my expectations. But at the same time, like I did that for Zelda for breath of the wild and it did not disappoint it beyond my wildest dreams. And so that that's yeah. like what I'm expecting for this. And perhaps I'm hyping up too much and, and be destined to let myself down. But, but you know, I, I think it's in, in good hands right now with retro. So, um, but let's sure. just talk a little bit more, you know, about the team that put this game together, you know, coming fresh off the heels of Samus returns and giving us this awesome, awesome masterpiece uh, where the environments just breathe in the background and move and hint at things that are going to happen. The storytelling that they do without actually saying anything is just on point. And they've d- done such a good job. And they have like little like light moths that, that fly around in the background to help kind of guide you where you want to go and things like that. There's just there's some really, really cool mechanics that help tell you which way and how to go about like traversing, even though you're going all over the map, visiting like five different areas in a short like few minute span um you know just just a little bit and you're like unlocking new 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 places to explore um and and opportunities to discover items to get further um and the amount of sequence breaking you can do to to do things early and they program that in there like it's just like they touched every single point like with for speed runners and and Mm -hmm. easter eggs and uh for those people who just want to like take in every little bit I think the only thing that I would fault this game for is it didn't have as much of a memorable soundtrack for me. Um, yeah. 
you know, the, these songs don't get stuck in my head. Um, and I played right. Metroid Dread with headphones on, um, and it just <laughs> nothing really like I came away with anything stuck in my head or wanting to like listen to that and things like that. So one time you could have played a game with the with your sound <laughs> off and it would have been okay, and you chose to do it with headphones. No, but that's the thing. Like, whereas, you know, Breath of the Wild didn't have a robust soundtrack that was memorable in a lot of ways. Like, there's a couple of notes here or there right. that were familiar. Like, you know, it was like, it had a lot of charming sounds and stuff. And this game was all about the sounds, the background noises, the, the things that would happen. Like Chris mentioned, where you have like the, the alien sounds whenever you clicked at an item. Yeah. And the the chirping and clicking of the, mm-hmm. the Emmys, which is actually a soundtrack. Uh, it was a sound Very file creepy. that was actually ripped from Metroid creepy. 2, uh, which was pretty cool. Was there really? Uh, yeah, really? there's there's some, uh, if, if you go and you listen, I think there was like some robots on SR388 um, that made kind of a certain sound, and they, they resampled that oh. and used it in the sounds for the Emmys. It was a really cool callback that they did there. Um, the Game Boy game, right? Yeah, yeah, the Game Boy game. I so. mean, now that you think about it, there's an area where like, and because I've, beaten the Game Boy version twice yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a like there's an area where like the music just goes away and you, all you hear are like beeps and like mm-hmm. that very similar like mm-hmm. dun, 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 stuff like that mm-hmm. that's I didn't realize that they pulled it from that game though that's really fascinating that's cool <laughs> wow that's really cool so they put poured a lot of love into the sounds and sound design uh, even if the tracks aren't that memorable they're more atmospheric and mm-hmm. and it's not like a, a Super Metroid where the song gets stuck in your head and it's got that beat to it and that drive. Um, it's a very, very different feel to it. Um, but I think mm-hmm. it, it still worked well. Um, and it didn't interrupt or distract at all um, in any of the, the playthroughs that I've done so far. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they've done an outstanding job with this game. Um, and I'm, I can't wait to right. see, you know, what Mercury Steam does next. Um with I think I heard they were doing some kind of RPG or something like that, uh, yeah. like action RPG. But that's cool. I, but uh, I suppose Nintendo would just outright buy them. I think <laughs> they're fantastic, and they should before someone like Microsoft Files does. Them up, yeah, and Microsoft tries to do that. But let's talk about the story, guys. Um, Gonna get this into the spoilers. Full, yeah, full on spoilers here. I mean. You know, Nintendo. Everyone thought Nintendo was spoiling the game too much before they came out. <laughs> Honestly, not really. I mean, they barely, they showed us the first, and pretty much the the intro of the game. I mean, there's so much that happens in this game that you don't know. And um, it's, I will say maybe the only thing that they could they should have held back on was showing off Kraid. Kraid returned yeah, in this I game. Um, I, I, I mean, it, with it, that even because like. <sighs> It didn't, you know, it didn't bother me personally I, too much. I it hyped me. I mentioned that Kraid was in, you know, Nintendo Land, and no one batted yeah. an eye. But you know, Nintendo mentions that Kraid's <laughs> in Metroid Dread, and oh, everybody loses their minds. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I thought it was cool. I, I was really excited to see that in the trailer. That hyped me up for the game even more. Um, it would have been really cool to discover that on your own for sure. You know, I, like I'll give you a great example. When I played Metroid Other M, um, I didn't I had no idea that the Queen Metroid would be in the game. And like they that was the first time that you ever saw the Queen in 3D. Um, and she was on that ship. Spoilers for a game that's mm-hmm. over oh, that's eleven years old now, um, and that we've covered on this show. But that blew me away, and that was an awesome callback, and I didn't know that going into the game. 
So I can understand that feeling of if we would have saw Craig like that, um, not knowing he was there. But at the same time, I didn't. I don't care too much. I thought it was pretty cool um, to see it ahead of time and just got me really stoked. Um, I would like for them to make sense of how the heck Craig got there. <laughs> um, make some sense of that. How did he get there from the first game? You know, or in the and the and super? Well, it looks like they captured Since, him. I mean, they did show that that one clip imprison and subdue Craig. Sure, but when did they do that? Because you beat the crap out of him on Super and uh, you blew the planet up. So I'm st- were they there capturing him while you were killing M- Mother Brain? I'm still not convinced Spoilers. that Craig is just one being. I think it's multiple Craig as the species because, you know, you've got the baby Craig and Super Metroid True. before you fight, you know, the actual Craig. So I'm thinking it could be another Craig. Uh, just another one that grew yeah, up on the planet. Yeah, that's very well true. Um, but they didn't, they, they didn't really, like, divulge that. And it made it seem like Samus knew how to deal with the creature, whether it was sentient or not. Um, I don't know yeah. how much, like, intelligence they have or Ridley's supposed to be able to, like, talk and, and stuff like that. I don't know where Kraid is on the intelligence level. Um, maybe lizard brain, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true. That's true. Probably pretty stupid. But I really But like... he was considered a commander... I do think that it was a smart move to, to bring in Kraid. Um, it was the one like plot spoiler that didn't have too much bearing. It was towards the beginning of the game, and it really got fans to want to jump in and see what it was all about. Yeah. I think it was a hook that needed to happen, even though it kind of sucked that it didn't have that magic of having diehard fans discover it. I think putting yeah. an iconic character straight up in front, in front of everybody to get Metroid fans talking about it and then getting other people interested in it in it and kind of generating that hype to play the old games to see who this crate is. I think it was a really good right. idea uh, to get this swell of, of fans and newcomers alike to play this game and get it to, you know, sell as well as it has so far. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see the sales numbers now, especially at least at the end of the year and see how it's launch year went. Um, I'm, I've got high hopes for it for sure. I think the, um, the weird thing with, with crate in particular, with them showing him off, I think it, did kind of put me in like a false expectation to see like Ridley or another big callback, which we kind of, unless I'm forgetting something, we kind of didn't really get. Like Ridley wasn't here at all. Mm-hmm. No, and, finally, yeah, like, praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and I get it gets a little ridiculous with him always returning. I just with, with this being like you know the so-called like final chapter of this story and him already being in like what one in the remake of two. Um, three and in four, you know, infusion sort of, um, he didn't show up at all in, in five. So that caught, Nope. Not even in a memory. That caught me a little weird, but (laughs) yeah, I'm torn. (laughs) I I think I just expected a little something else like that or like mother brain or something in some form. Um, yeah, mother brain. Didn't you see the Aurora units? Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) you know, I actually, it's not the end of the world, but yeah. I kind of, I was predicting when I saw those, I thought for sure that like the ending would like there would mother brain would be there. That's right. what I thought would happen at the end, but they didn't do that. I like that there's some hints that, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, what if, you know, Chozo created, I don't remember the story, but like Chozo, like, you know, created the, the mother brain infrastructure and then the galactic federation worked off of that technology. By Ravenbeak and, you know, created mother brain to do all this stuff like there's a bunch of conspiracy theories out there and you can argue for or against it yeah um but i just like to see that 
these common elements appeared there. You know, you, you've got the yeah. Rinkas that are shot out at you when you're you're fighting the the brain enemies. Uh, um, you know, it's kind of cool that they have an AI that interfaces with the MAs to, to hack their brains and use them against Samus. It's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy that the Chozo had that technology. Um, yeah. But I think Silent Robe probably is the one behind that one because I'm pretty sure that the uh, the warrior race Chozo aren't that uh, aren't that smart. <laughs> but Well, uh, speaking of uh, um, Wyatt Robe. Yeah. Silent Talk about that. I don't know. Silent. So whatever. I don't it. know. I don't even know. <laughs> Josh, just call it Rogue. <laughs> I don't remember now. I think it's Silent Rogue. <laughs> now you've got me questioning it. We should know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been, I, uh, it's been a few yeah, weeks. Yes. I'm assuming that this was. Uh, I, what was the gender of this? This this show that did they really did? Is that really clear? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a. I thought it was a dude. I thought they all were dudes, both of them. Kind of what I was. Yeah, I kind of got the, all the concept. I thought maybe could have been a guy, um, but I didn't know for sure. Um, I don't remember if I've seen any artwork for a female Chozo before. I don't. Yeah, remember. I'm pretty sure it was a guy. Okay. Um, hmm. But you know, I in the trailer they showed him, and I kind of thought that he was a villain then. Yeah. But. Um, you know, you get there, and he actually stops the Emmys and um, from attacking you, and then all of a sudden he uh, he's a good guy, and he explains the story and the background to it. And um, I I thought this part was one of the this is where the game really I think picked up for me story wise. Uh, it really got intri- intriguing. Like, oh, okay, um, this is really neat. The cinematic cutscenes I thought were really cool in this in this game. You know, they weren't overdone, weren't over the top, but they were they were neat. And then we have to talk about what she Samus did. I, can, did you did you guys get goosebumps too when uh, after she's done hearing Quiet Robe talk the whole time, um, and then all of a sudden she just she yeah. talked, she spoke, and mm-hmm. and she spoke in Chozo. You know, yeah. and that was really cool. That was fascinating and. It just kind of catches you off guard. It's like if if Link all of a sudden actually spoke verbally. Yeah. Like, all right, Zelda, I, mean, I will. You know, we've heard Samus like, talk before, so it's just so <laughs> right, right. It's so but, rare, and I, I felt like it was well done. Like it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't big fans of Other M because of how it was handled, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like here it felt like it was something special, the way they handled it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did it right. She didn't over talk and she talked in a in a Chozo language, which she's a part Chozo. Right. They did it very, very well this time around. You're tasteful. right. <laughs> very tasteful. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think if anything, we can probably say that uh, that Samus is genetically confused at this point. <laughs> with all uh, the just different a, DNA sure. just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for sure. For sure. Um, but that, you know, what Quiet Robe talks about in this part, I mean, it, it just really... It helps connect all the games in the past, and that was really cool. Um, I felt like the first half of the game um, really made you feel give it gave you the Super Metroid vibes. It gave you the original Metroid vibes and Zero Mission, and even uh, Metroid uh, Samus Returns. You know, I felt like it kind of covered those beats, um, and then and then after that, the the best part of the game, in my opinion. Um, you got to the elf in the room that just changed, it changed the whole game. Yeah. And that, that to me, I thought was, yeah. 
this is awesome. Holy cow. Like, the game just completely changed in difficulty. It was already tough, and you're starting to get the hang of it, and everyone's coming easy, and then the difficulty just boost took a huge boost. And the fact that um, it's from, from my personal favorite game of Metroid is what made Metroid Dread move into the number one slot. You want to tell what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to describe a little bit more about this moment. Um, sure. I, I I went into it, um, you know, entering this area, this lockdown area, and it opens up for Samus, and she's able to walk in and then closes behind her. I'm like, oh, what is she getting locked in here for? And then you start seeing, like, bodies kind of falling apart, and you're like, oh, is this Metroid? And they do this little fake out, you know, that they come across mm-hmm. one of the, like, some like one of the enemies and like the armor just kind of crumbles and you're like oh is this a metroid issue you know and then like you start taking out enemies and you, you start noticing like oh wait no these are these are actually x yeah um and th- they did a tease at the beginning that, that brought samus to the planet was that they had an x there on the planet um a live specimen right. um but this was like oh cool you know where this is how the x were contained you know in this this chamber and playing through that area and then once you get back to the where you started, um, I didn't pick up on this at first. I thought I was in a different area. I didn't realize it was in the same area where I came in here, into that area to, you know, where they were in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the lockdown gates just were flown straight open and all of the X were just streaming out and, you know, to infect the planet overall. And, and it was just mm-hmm. a really cool moment. Like, is this really happening? Once I realized it was going on, like... I guess we're doing this, you know, this is like, there's no going back from here. Like (laughs) now we're in it now. You know, I was like, I remember like pausing and like texting Jacob really, really quickly. I'm like, dude, Mm -hmm. this is going to be your absolute favorite Metroid game Mm. ever. (laughs) When I saw that scene. Well, that cutscene was so, I almost went to come up like, it was so pretty too. Yeah. I mean, and it's so weird to say because. Haunting in a way too. The X. The X parasite is deadly and really terrifying, but the the colors and them just floating around like they're free. <laughs> they don't look dangerous, yeah, at all. They don't look dangerous, and they just showed a bunch of them and her looking at them. You know, one thing maybe this maybe this was a fault on their end, but these X parasite, I'm pretty sure they don't know who Samus is, no. and I don't think they tried to attack her initially. Yeah, this was pre, um, I mean, they probably wanted to, like, try to simulate her, but this was pre them knowing anything about her because these are different X from the ones that were, that she met on SR388 later. So, yeah. um, completely unrelated, and they don't know that Samus is a threat or that Sam- Samus is a Metroid, for that matter, so. Right, yeah. Um, you know, Samus has this Metroid DNA in her and is able to, like, absorb the X, like they don't know that there's a predator mechanic there, and I don't. Yeah, I don't remember even recall. Like in Metroid Fusion, the X would flee from you after a while, like they'd run away from her. Um, some yeah, of them, yeah, and right. I don't recall them doing that too much in Dread. Um, uh, mm. Seems most of the time they're attracted to her, but I think it's just kind of interesting. Uh, my one question is: Does she take on any of the DNA that what she eats? Um, because you know, that would make things even more so. confusing for her body, but <laughs> Jeez, you yeah. are what you eat. It's probably just food. <laughs> you are too. I mean, they do copy funny. the genetic coding, but I don't know. It's really kind of a cool mechanic um, that she's able to absorb it because she has Metroid DNA in her. So, uh, 
but just seeing them like floating, you know, floating out free. And it was like, like you said, you wouldn't, if you didn't know that they were like these super deadly, like plague, like creature, like it would be just like, you know, they're free. Yay. You know, you know, they've been in captivity yeah. and now they're, they're, they're free to roam. And, but it gave a, an element and made every single enemy on the planet harder because they had extra steps, extra transformations, yeah. you know, like, Anything was up for grabs, and we later discovered like a mutation. We later discovered that they could take over bodies, you know, that were dead, and and reanimate them. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like that was a cool mechanic. Um, they even, you know, did that with Quiet Robe. Uh, you know, yeah. And it's Which interesting. Brings confusion. I yeah, mean, they showed that scene too. It goes into it, and then all of a sudden he re- reawakens because Quiet Robe got killed after your your talk by a, a Chozo. Um, robots mm-hmm. and uh, then the X get released and they take over his body and he wakes up and then he reactivates all the Emmy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which maybe I'm thinking, crap, great. Now this guy is back from the dead but evil. Um, I don't know. Uh, the X taking over everything, I felt a little bad. I felt bad that I <laughs> released them out into the world and I basically caused genocide to every living creature on that planet well you didn't really do it that was all under the i guess that was all in the control of uh you know yeah you're right you know basically Uh, raven beak raven beak let her in and then shut her in there and then just opened the gates wide when she started to exit like he didn't even care like he kept him contained you know but i don't know why he even played it was all a test but it was all a test i think I don't think he knew if she would die to them or not. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to test her body and cause he knew that the DNA of Metro was in her. I think he was just testing her to see to him. It was just a big test result. What happens if I let her near X parasite? A controlled what happened? Yeah. yeah. You know? So, and then when he saw like, well, basically she's immune to the one thing that we're all scared of. Okay. <laughs> um, then released it all out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind um, of a really, really bold move because um, that's a threat to the survival, you know. Of, so, like, of himself, yeah. So, like, what, why? But you know, he's up in his space or his like, I don't know, his palace or whatever. You didn't, at, at the time, you didn't <laughs> know guy. he was really high in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I think he's bit. I think he was very arrogant, though. Mm-hmm. Um. Before we talk about Ravenbeak, though, I think we should, guys, like, is there, like, a specific boss that you guys thought was really cool and um, a boss fight? What's your uh, uh, your favorite boss fight of the game? Was it Kraid? Was it someone else? Um, Josh? Yeah, I'm actually looking up the name of it right now. Um, Kraid was definitely cool. I mean, there's the um, nostalgic side of that. Um, the fight right. was fun. It was fun to go back. I, I've actually I played through it. Three times. Um, played through it on normal, uh, on hard, and then I went back on normal and beat it in under four. Well, yeah, this I, this is spoiler um, territory, but I beat it in under four hours and got another, like, all the mm-hmm. ending rewards for the normal side. Tried it on hard, nice. and I realized I was not going to make it in four hours and sadly quit. But anyhow, um, it's one of the ones near the end, I believe. That was really cool. He like comes out of that big volcano looking thing. I wish I could find the name of it here. Um, but oh, the experiment. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought that one in particular was really cool. Um, there was another one underwater. I, it'd be hard for me to really pick a solid favorite. Um, but yeah, I think the one, man, I can't think of his name. I think that the experiment one was probably my favorite. It, it was difficult and it took me, I don't know, several tries to get through. It was one of those, like a lot of these bosses at first, I feel like it's like, man, it just feels like there's no way I'm going to get through this. Like you barely yeah. do any damage. And you end up dying in like five seconds. But then it's like once you mm-hmm. once you figure it out, once you get that trick down that all of them seem to have that don't feel like too gimmicky or too gamey, I guess. Um, it's it's not so bad. It's very fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about experiment number Z57. Okay. That's the name. Mm-hmm. Um, which was as you're going around the, the game. um that boss is dead before you release the X. You see it like being experimented on um, in a room. And it kind of scares you at first because you pop out and there it is. And you're like, whoa, you you don't know if it's dead. You (laughs) don't realize it's dead right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the electric impulses that are causing the muscles to contract. Um, It's not actually alive. So, Um, But I didn't expect that. Uh, I thought that was really cool that the X brought it back to life. In a way, it's kind of like your Ridley. You know, you ran into Ridley and uh, Ridley and and Fusion. Ridley was dead. Uh, His his body um, from Other M was frozen. And uh, the Metroid absorbed the DNA from that from that. copy of metroid and that's how you fought it same thing uh, and that was my that was my favorite fight too i thought it was unique and cool and he was really tough really challenging uh, but there's a you can like shine spark him and you can kill him immediately yeah yeah, yeah i watched was, a video that of that I, I i tried so hard i, I couldn't, I couldn't either could not do it Ryan, is there a particular boss i was able to finish that boss off with a shine spark um but i don't think it was like nice I don't think it was like any kind of like special ending or anything. I think it just I did a lot of damage to it, and then I finally got one of the shine sparks off. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like I, I like the bosses that have different cutscenes depending on how you sequence break. Yeah, um, Craig mm-hmm. being one of those. Um, just to do that one. You know, there is so much that you can do. Like different like cutscenes you could trigger um, with Craig. Whereas if you had got the morph ball early, um, you could kind of. Or it was had to be the bombs, I guess. Um, is that right? You had to use the yeah, bombs. It, to... it was the bombs, and you got to have a little bit of okay. health when you do it too, because you like launch into his uh, belly into his stomach, button yeah. thing, and it, you're like taking uh, damage as you're bombing him. I found out there was another sequence break in the same fight. Um, if you get the grapple beam early, you can actually use the grapple beam to climb up top to reach his mouth again, huh. and you can like jump into his mouth and like hold his mouth open and like shoot several <laughs> shots into his mouth like that. That's crazy. Um, it's crazy cool that. that they programmed that in there. That is cool. That is crazy. <laughs> I, and that grade fight, I love when he comes out and he like tries to, he screams at her and she just blasts yeah. him in the face. Like, shut up. <laughs> oh, I love her attitude. She just has this fearless she just, she just attitude. Don't give a crap. Like, <laughs> right, like, great. Yeah, I've already beaten you once. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> twice. I've beaten you twice. And I like your baby too. I think just not to 
completely write off the the frustrating end boss, but um, mm. or I guess you know with with Ravenbeak, like that fight was really really cool, and just the cinematics in that were just so it was awesome. You awesome. felt so cool <laughs> and powerful. Like I think yeah. the thing that was the most like wow moment for me was when he like you like blow off one of his wings and he drops down and he just oh, rips yeah. off the other one. You yeah. get that crunch and you're like, this is so Ow. like, wow, this is oh, it's so intense. Heck? Like that was so cool. <laughs> you know, he's Can we like talk about throwing the gloves before thing. the fight though. Like just how she like finally realizes she's like, he basically says, <laughs> first off, uh, we've been seeing a lot of jokes about it online now, but like Ravenbeak <laughs> is the computer that's guiding you and you don't know it. You think the, it's the Adam computer. the whole you time. Think it's, yeah, you think it's your um, ship. And uh, Is it him the whole time? I could not yeah. determine yeah, that for sure. Like time. I knew it was at the yeah, end, but I was like. What? Yeah, as soon as she was dropped off, basically as soon as she was, you know, cut off, communication ended up where she was at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Like that was. That whole time, that was Ravenbeak uh, communicating, from what, from what I understand. Um, just basically yeah. guiding her through the whole thing, training her to make sure that she was worthy for his ultimate okay. warrior. Wasn't sure how I understood <laughs> that, so yeah, okay. And not, not once yeah, did he could... say any objections, lady, or anything like that. Um, I guess there was no true. indication right. that it was Adam at all. Yeah, okay. So, But uh, what he basically just basically talks about what, at the end, what? How does, I can't remember what he said. That she makes her, she closes her eyes and she realizes this is not what it seems. And she shoots a missile at the computer to blow it up. Or it's actually a simulation this time. And mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what he said, but basically something along the lines of like. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> something along the lines of that. But yeah, then he, he reveals the big uh, Darth Vader moment where he shows that like, not only did she have, well, old, was Old Beak? Is that who it was? Her, the one who raised her, basically. Um, Ryan will look it up. Um, and then uh, Metroid DNA. But when she was being taken care of and brought back you know, to health as a child, Ravenbeak was also put in there. So she has warrior Chozo DNA. Because there's basically two breeds of Chozo. Yeah, the Thoughts. Um, yeah. 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 And uh, he's like, basically, yeah, I'm your father, <laughs> essentially, now at this point, and which was really cool. And then that whole the whole fight was awesome. And I think it take I think on average it's taking maybe people around five to six tries to really get the hang of it um, and understand what happens. A lot of dying. It's a long fight, um, but you stick it out, man. You'll you really uh, stick it to him, and it feels so good to stick it to him because he is there's a, a trick near the end of that fight in the third phase that i did not know you could do until like the second or third time i went through mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know if you know that Powerball. yeah the, the big sun thing mm-hmm. i was just fighting him around it like and i managed to pull it off but yeah just power bomb the thing and it like gives you health back and everything you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. tons of health initials. Yeah. Man, you I'm, can run through that whole fight once you get the patterns down and not like take any damage. It's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Once you in get any it. of those fights to pull that kind of stuff off. Well, the the whole game did that. Yeah. You know, you you go into a fight and you get wrecked. And you're like, how am I going to beat this? And then you get wrecked again. But then you eventually, by the time you figure out the pattern, you're just like, okay, right. I know this now. And Raven Beak's pretty 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 trash here. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, you know, just, uh, move us along here. Um, the big ending, you know, when we, when we are 
finishing up Raven Beak and you pretty much looks like you're going to die, you know. Um, Samus has something happened to her, Ryan. What happens to Samus to turn the tide on Raven Beak and, and win this fight? Um, even before she gets into this fight, you see some hints of it. Um, where she's able oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's able to draw energy from enemies, um, basically suck them, suck their life force out of them. Um, Jeez. and basically it's essentially her Metroid DNA is waking up and starting to cause a chain reaction. Um, it's reacting mm-hmm. to the Machin being, um, a natural, like it was programmed like predator, you know, to, to yeah. go against the Machins. Um, because the you know there's a big warring tribe you know Hatfields and McCoys you know over here, right? <laughs> um, but one was Which more I... brains, the other was more brawn. <laughs> and uh, well, and that, that you brought that up, she had a lot of fights that we didn't talk about of Chozo warriors that were taken over by mm-hmm. X Parasite, which um, that's in the one of those fights. That's when she does that. I think for the first time, she it was kind of satisfying. She like you know just plants their face in the ground and absorbs it yeah it's so so cool to see that um you know she's got this kind of metroid siphoning ability through her hand um as she starts to awaken this you know latent metroid dna in her um and it does cause a chain reaction at the end and she starts to become a full-on metroid um and you know it's like it's like that moment in dragon ball z uh, where everybody's calling goku like super saiyan but Right. But it doesn't actually happen until you know it happens. Like the transformation happens and you're like, this yep. is amazing. <laughs> exactly the same. It's a great uh, example. <laughs> it's like, you know, no, you thought this is my final form. No, it's not. <laughs> and uh, you get this awesome, like green looking Metroid, you know. Oh, yeah. Suits like uh, Metroid bio suit. And like, yeah, you know, she is a Metroid through and through. And it's it's kind of a new new creature in a way. Um, yeah. That Metroid suit was one of those like just really like what's the word for it? Just really like nerdy fan moments. I just thought was awesome. Like it was ridiculous, yeah. but I loved it. Now Metroid can crawl, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> She was just stupidly um, overpowered, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, the blast that she had at the end was just, like, mowing oh, yeah. down. Um, but one thing to talk about, like, kind of the final boss fight is that that last little bit. Um, I don't know if people have noticed before, um, but uh, apparently X, at least this, this particular brand of X, was able to combine DNAs um, and fuse multiple creatures together. Um, I don't know if that was a thing that was really present in fusion i want to say that there might have been a couple of enemies that kind of had a hybrid nature to them um but you really see that come come out here although it was very unstable um you can see where you know ravenbeak fused with uh basically the the dead crayed husk that became an x and became like this ugly monstrosity you know yeah (laughs) that you had to kind of like mow down um but you had all the power from metroid like that's you know, all that Metroid power blasting him. Like, there was nothing that was going to stand, you know. And that it, did, it did, for me, it came pretty close where, like, Kraid was right up on me, you know, with, with Ravenbeak. I don't even know what to call it. Raven Kraid. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Ravenbeak. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I was too slow to realize what I had to do, so it did kill me one time. 
which is so anticlimactic. Right. It's like the hottest point. And yeah. you're like, oh, crap. And then you're dead. You know, like, <laughs> kind of takes the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have realized it. Beforehand. I did that once on purpose the, just to see what would happen. <laughs> oh, what happened yet? Yeah. Well, the game, the game taught you how to do this, what you had to do the whole game. Mm-hmm. Every enemy robot yeah. you had to kill, you had to use the same move. It was the same beam. Yeah. Um, it, that was cool. When you think back on it, the game was teaching you how to get ready for this final moment. Um, and I don't know if you but, noticed, yeah. um, but the weapon that Ravenbeak used was an Omega Cannon build. Um, yep. It had the same blast types as the Omega Cannon when, when Samus got that ability. Um, it was just a gun that did all of that for him. Um, yeah. He had a lot of the patterns and stuff. It's basically that same power that he was wielding. Um, so it was kind of cool to see the final boss using that overpowered beam against you, um, you know, right. is a more portable version, I suppose, um, in that, mm-hmm. in that way. But, um, it was really cool. And then you got to like superpower, use it with the Metroid power against him at the end. Um, it yep. was really, really satisfying, really, really cool. And the what? whole escape scene and everything. Um, so we've kind of covered some of the, the story beats there. Um, not a lot, story-wise happened other than that. Um, maybe some minor storytelling elements with things like moving around in the background, hinting at, uh, you know, bosses coming out, like coming forward later. Um, but not a whole lot of other storytelling elements happened other than, you know, your big one um, first where you have Silent Robe or, qu- sorry, Quiet Robe, you know, talking um, right. to Samus. And then you have, you know, the the big X scene and then the final fight and everything. Um, but well, in the, the final scene with Quiet Robe, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so from my understanding is, um, it, it, for me, it was a very poetic scene. So essentially what happens, she's a Metroid. She's, you know, absorbing all this energy. Anything she touches pretty much with that hand is going to, like, siphon the ship of its energy. And so she <laughs> goes to fly the ship, and I'm like, no, stop. Like, she's, you know, going to escape, and uh, she's just going to si- siphon the power right out of the ship, and she's not going to be able to go anywhere. Um, and so she's kind of in a rock between a rock and a hard place and, um, silent, sorry, quiet robe shows up behind her. Um, and this is the X version. You can see like the hollowed out eyes and everything, um, shows up behind her and, uh, sees her and you're like, Oh no, what's going to happen? You know, there's this like ominous, like creature with, you know, blanked eyes out, you know, behind her. Um, freaking creepy. And you're like, Oh no, what's going to happen? And, uh, there's enough sentience there. Um, and enough memory um, that because the the X do keep can, can keep the memories of the host um, that mm. you know Quiet Robe actually bowed to Samus and recognized Samus as a superior um, alpha being essentially um, and it was kind of a fulfillment whereas you know it was a fight or flight reflex like or that that instinct to to want to fight your natural predator um, of the X and also the X wanting to survive. Um, and it's kind of a mix, but it's also versus like the whole, like kind of Thoha and, and quiet robe, mm-hmm. um, memories and everything helping Samus. So it, it's kind of like a combination where these two creatures are, are warring with each other. Um, and ultimately the X, um, decided, um, that it was go- the only way it was going to escape or to survive or kind of you know, preserve would be to give its life or to, to merge with Samus, whether 
the the X can like unmerge later or whatever. Who knows? Probably not because it's probably just assimilated. And and that was enough. Yeah. Um, it was poetic because that was also what Quiet Robe was trying to do to help Samus. Um, was mm. Samus couldn't leave. Samus was going to die and basically lay down their life uh, to give Samus the basically the DNA that she needed to counterbalance the, yeah. the Metroid and return her back yeah. to herself. Um, sure, if she came across another Maka and it could start the acceleration again someday. That's another story beat maybe, for another yeah. time. Um, that'd be a really cool mechanic to kind of balance between the two and maybe have both modes. Yeah. You, you could dance between and try to find ways to kind of, you know, lessen it, um, that that ever-growing urge to, to become a Metroid again. Um, but that's just kind of right. something they can do with that. But I really thought it was poetic to see like both natures um kind of in unison um agreeing to help samus um because there was really no way that the x was going to survive in any way shape or form and there was enough sure. sentience that the quiet robe was able to basically you know just give her the way to escape um mm-hmm. now what benefit did that have to the x ultimately who knows um maybe it's just you Nothing. know <laughs> You know, it was between rock between the hard place. Either it gets eradicated and Samus gets eradicated, you know, or, you know, it survives. Um, and obviously the DNA copied over to Samus. So the X DNA, perhaps the X could live on. And it's a preservation mechanic right there. Um, just in what, you know, fused with her. It's it's hard to say um, how much is going to be kept there and what really did happen to her molecular makeup after that whole fusion. Um, right. But it's still really, really cool. Um, what do you guys think of that scene? Like, did it confuse you? Um, did you really feel that um, it was well done or if it was well told? Or what What did you come away with that? I, I, I thought it was confusing. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like it was, I, I didn't quite understand, like, was that him or his thoughts? Or, like, didn't this ex just turn on the Emmys again a while ago? Right. Uh, so I, I didn't quite get that part, to be honest. I think it could have been told better. I don't. One of those two things, but oh, I mean, it is what it is. But um, and you outside could- of all that, well, I think one we thing we we I I would like to focus on just real quick. I know we're getting late. We don't want our episodes to go too long, but um, I think the game tried to capture the hunting feeling you know the dread feeling mm-hmm. and you got that that was inspired by the sax attacks in fusion did this game do a good job at capturing that was the sax scarier or was um the emmy robot scarier and did you guys have a personal ro- little emmy robot that you hated more than the others <laughs> <laughs> mm. there was one that chases you through the water i think it was yeah, right before the, you get the gravity one. suit maybe Oh, yeah, the purple one. And yeah. that one. I called it blue at first. <laughs> like, there was already a blue one already. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was blue, but it's purple. That one, for whatever <laughs> reason, I remember like getting sort of stuck at the same section and could not figure out the best way to like evade it. Yeah. And to get turned around to shoot it and all of that. So that one was a pain in the butt. And the one for the um, the speed boots or whatever they're called. <laughs> um, oh, that yeah, one, the speed boots. Yeah. One. yeah, the yellow one. And yeah. On the um, SAX, I'll say... it's kind of a mix of both. Like I think as a character, the SEX was almost scarier with it's like loud footsteps. Um, But I guess where it was a little more scripted. Well, then again, Mm -hmm. I I will say like that one, you did not know where it was going to show up. 
Um, like yeah, you, you did know. They did the heartbeat mechanic too, where it you know they kind of gave that Game Boy Advance sound, but it was kind of like a heartbeat right. and like giving that mm-hmm. intenseness feeling, um, which you didn't really get that. You got you had a panic music basically, but it didn't feel too like heartbeat like. And, and I think in a way, like when you walk into an Emmy zone, it has that kind of muted sound um, to kind of simulate that. But it didn't quite pull off the same and with the horror element, I don't think. I think, But the, the chirps and the, and the clicks of of Emmy was, was pretty, yeah. um, pretty horror like. Um, yeah, it was creepy. Yeah. Being able to I th- like I- counter them was cool. Like, I'm glad it was really hard to counter them, but I'm also glad it was, it was yeah. randomized. Yeah. I'm also yeah. glad it was. A possibility, at least. Yeah. I think, it, I don't think it was randomized. Yes. I'm positive that. It's randomized. I I don't think so. The way that it goes about, like, the timing on when you have to hit the counter, like, it, it's, there's certain sequences that they'll break into. Seems a little bit timings. different. I yeah. think it's different with every Emmy, but, and if you're in water or if you're not in water, I think that plays into the timing. But I'm telling you, that purple one, I figured him out. Uh, because I, I got a tempo. I got caught so many times. We all, I'm pretty sure we all did with this one. And I got to a point where I countered him like six times in a row. And I was doing that tempo that I had. It was different in water and it was different, but if he got me on land, it was different. And I had, I, I did it both. It also can depend on the angle that they catch you, um, quote unquote catch you because they, um, sometimes they can come from above and they'll like pin her down to the ground. Sometimes they'll pin her against the wall. Sometimes th- they do different yeah. things. Um, so it depends on, on what sequence you trigger, but also there was a bit of a kind of a timey window difference too in some parts. Um, if you did the exact same like encounter, like if you were on a flat plane and it walked right into you and you did that, it probably had the same like timing. Um, but for the most part, like it, there was some variation to it. So you weren't really sure which one it was going to do. Sometimes it was quick. Sometimes it was slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the timing was not always easy to catch. Um, I think they did a pretty good job with, with the Emmys, um, but I don't think that it really gave that SAX vibe. And I think the one thing for me with SAX was, and it was a game mechanic improvement, whereas if you die, you can mm-hmm. start right back outside an Emmy zone. Whereas when right. you actually have the big scene against you know, SAX, when you're running from SAX, not the fight, but the actual like scary moment where she's chasing you down, yeah. um, if you the one you can't avoid basically after you beat nightmare is if you die there isn't really a save like right Oof. you know th- there's like one down in the reactor area where the plant overgrowth is but like you have to go through all of that again um yeah. and then try to survive get enough life you know from where you saved and then try to go th- run through that that escape scene again and there isn't really a good save point around there um, to make that really easy, whereas, you know, responding again right outside an Emmy zone, you could try it again. You could do it over and over and over again. Um, it kind of right. took away from that that horror vibe just became more of a challenge, sometimes um, a bit of annoyance, um, frustration. Yeah. Um, you had to do it over and over and over again to that. overcome it. But that wasn't a fault, I wouldn't say. Um, but I think that it, some of that, that horror was lost um, on that. I think uh, for sure the Emmy robots were scary at first. Uh, but like you said, just like with any other, they became an obstacle that I slowly got to figure out and then you eventually get to take down. Mm-hmm. Whereas the SAX was, you cannot touch this thing until you are yeah. fully powered whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So like you have to run or you're dead. You just, 
I felt like I think the SAX was a lot more scary, and it's a lot more creepier with the wide eyes and and the fact that it's basically mimicking you, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I remember now. Um, the the fusion of uh, X was demonstrated um, with SAX, if I remember right, um, because it took over. It was a was the horn horn toads horn toads, whatever mm-hmm. the frogs are. Um, that was the original form that the, that the X was, and it went into X form and then merged with Samus. So that was that oh, was yeah. a hybrid. Right. That was Samus hybrid with the the, the toad, and you can kind of see some of that design Creepy. when it transforms um, into the ugly, you know, X version. Um, you could see kind of that that horn yeah. like blend right um, with I with Samus. About that. So that great. that's kind of like that fusion, like right there, um, of of the different types of DNAs mixing. Huh. So that, that's something that, to keep in mind. And so, like, that also kind of points to, well, if she got the, you know, the Thoha DNA further from Quiet Rope, perhaps, you know, more, you know, X DNA is imprinted, too, and maybe some other creatures are mixed in with her. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I think for me personally, it was the light blue one. I think that one gave me the hardest time just because that final room you're in running around from it, there's, like, not a really good place to find a straightaway where yeah, that's what I always kind of looked for mm-hmm. when like a long path and the longest path you had was like, it would crawl on the ceiling right. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, I barely got this dude. I mean, I actually took a chance. I just like, just fired my gun and I caught him right when he was like about to grab me. And it was cool. It was, mm-hmm. it was a very satisfying moment. I loved killing those things. It was like, take that after everything you did. Mm-hmm. Um, satisfying. And then I, it was very satisfying. And the power bomb sequence that was, that was nuts. I loved that part. That that whole cutscene. You didn't fight it. Fight it. Yeah. It was just. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes in there, right? Yeah. This is where you finally you you show up and you think you're going to have another Emmy experience, and it just power bombs the room, and you're screwed. <laughs> I mean, it takes you down. Um, and then she just has her moment of. That's her realization of the Metroid. She goes all Metroid on it, right? Basically. It's like a life alert type of thing. I'm trying to remember. You remember what I'm talking about? She grabs, it grabs her. And then instead of it killing her, she just basically goes super Yeah, is that the one? Okay. Where it actually like tries to stab her. Like it shoots out its little, whatever that thing is. Yeah. (laughs) And she grabs it. She grabs. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then she basically absorbs it and malfunctions it and the bro- brain robot that's controlling it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I was thinking there was like another another factor there, not just the Emmy. There was something else there um, present, but I don't know if it was a, a Torizo or or what. Um, I don't know. I, I that scene happened in like a blink for me. I don't know if I got distracted or what. Um, but I remember seeing the end. I remember the end, seeing the end, and remembering that, but not really realizing what had happened in between. <laughs> I think she does it to a guard, maybe as well, one of the like Chozo guard guys, whatever they're called. Yep, she does. She does. So, um, I need to go back and play that part again. After after that, she just starts doing that. Yeah. At, when you fight, she's them. like, "Well, I guess I can do but, this now." <laughs> well, other than that, unless you guys have any final thoughts, I mean, I loved the game. I think everyone should go get it for Christmas if you haven't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but 
I know we went a little bit longer than we wanted to do. Um, you guys want to have any final thoughts outside of it and do our due diligence? I guess I'll say, um, granted, I'm still somewhat coming off fresh of the hype since it just came out this year. I think it is my new favorite 2D Metroid, at least. Um, and I, I hope, really, there's a continuation of this. I know this is supposed to be sort of a finale, but it, I feel like there's still a little more they could do after this point. Couple things unanswered, but no, I think it's an awesome game. I think it feels amazing to play. Um, not to keep talking too long, but in particular, I would usually never play a 2D game with the control stick, but I think it feels great with this. Um, that's crazy, you know. So many people complain that like you can't play 2D with a, with a control stick, right? Like with the analog, and yet, like this, you didn't even notice, like you right. couldn't tell. Like that was awesome, like it felt so smooth, and like this is how you do. You know the the analog stick with a two D game like this, like it's just so good. Like you don't even notice for sure. It, um, that, that's that's a really good controlled sign. It just feels good to to run around. Um, but yeah, if mm-hmm. if you're into these sort of games, I definitely recommend it. If you're a fan of it, uh, no question. Um, there's there's a mm-hmm. few things that maybe feel a little. I don't know if aged is really the word. It's not all that bad, but. Um, you know, the length isn't all that long, I guess, if you're just running through a normal run. But it's not really the nature of it. it there's a little more to it than that. You kind of have to know what to expect with it. You know, it, it's one of those things where it, it expects you to do multiple runs um, to go back and get the little extras and things like that and find different ways to sequ- sequence break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going somewhat knowing what to expect. Um, but, yeah, I no doubt would recommend this to most people. Um, I don't think um, it really scratched the itch for me for what I love in Metroid games um, overall. Um, I love the puzzles and um, the exploring, and I never really felt like I discovered a bunch of new areas like organically. I felt like I was still on kind of a rail path, um, and I did get to new areas, but I felt like that's where I suppo- was supposed to go. Um, and I may have done some things out of order, but I didn't get that feeling like I was super like exploring and, and discovering new things and getting like really, really awesome power ups through some puzzles and things like that. It just felt very um, like not necessarily that I've done it before, but nothing really super wowed me with that part that I really get out of a Metroid game. Uh, my favorite parts are just discovering like, you know, the fact that you can do like the boost ball or like the shine spark ball that you can do in, you know, that you you had never been able to do, I think it was zero mission that you had that ability. Um, and then just the general shine spark puzzles that you had, um, and, you know, Metroid fusion and some of those like wraparound areas where you could actually find secret exits and end up in other parts of the, like other end up in other like zones or sectors. Um, and you had some of those elements in super Metroid and it didn't really feel like you had like secret passageways to other areas in, and Metroid Dread, and you had, like, the long loading scenes um, when you're on the trams and, and uh, you know, you're teleporting, things like that. That kind of kind of took away from that feeling um, of the stuff that I really enjoy for a Metroid game. But I think, like, it really captured the speed of Metroid. It felt really, really good, and the story was amazing, and they hit so many high notes. Um, even though it didn't quite meet up with my my what I really get from Metroid games the most, um, it hit on everything else, and I, I, without a doubt, this is a great Metroid game, like just through and through. It, it's great, and I need to go through and play it a few more times so I get familiar with it. But I didn't really get that desire to just want to jump back in afterwards, um, like I did Fusion, 
or I wanted to play it over again and experience it and, and catch little things and find more secrets. And I, I wanted another part of that is like in previous Metroid games, you could go in and you beat the game, but you couldn't unlock everything until you, you went back and played again. And this one you could get 100% before you even fought the final boss the first time. And um, I don't think I like that too much because it didn't really unlock a lot of stuff at the end or like give you more to do after story. And so I'm hoping that they do some kind of DLC, maybe explain a little bit more of the story, open up some new story beads, like, you know, just just do something with that. I would like to see some expansion to this game in some form um, just to kind of scratch that itch and feel a little bit more complete. Um, for the stuff that they didn't really touch on um, that I really enjoyed. Um, I just wanted to see a little bit more, um, but I think overall it was pretty good. Like, I think it would be a great game if they added just a little bit, you know, a little bit more with clarity on story and some explanation and maybe some secret areas and hidden areas, maybe ways to get to other areas that didn't involve super long cutscenes and, and loading times and things like that. And I was running on the OLED, so um, but yeah, that was just kind of my thoughts on that. Cool. Well, want to do our due diligence? <laughs> <laughs> sure thing, man. I totally have this down. So um, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Pandora Podcasts. Uh, you can also see us on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on our Instagram at Nintendo NOS. Nintendo N-O-S-I-N uh, you can find us uh, you can sh- shoot us an email at Nintendo Nostalgia I-N at gmail.com um, you can call into our Nostalgia Hotline share your memories and show us some love at 317-969-5690 guys that brings us to the end of our episode we hope you enjoyed this awesome spoiler cast and we will catch you next time later Preston bye bye <laughs> the uh 